Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, Sean. So when this when this comes out, uh, first of all, uh, Kevin Kevin is here with us. Kevin, do you want to say hello? Hello, hey, Kevin. And, and you're here with talking to Max, who has just been gone for a while. So I'm glad we could bring you two together. Hello, Dream team. Yeah. Uh, but I, when this comes out, will be will be on a trip myself. And Sean, you have just returned from a trip that I am excited to hear about. Yes, you. So you will be headed off to another nation. Uh, that exists internationally. Uh, I headed to... Which is where all other nations exist. <laughs> See, that's funny you say ass. that, because I headed off to another nation within the United States, the yeah. nation of Tejas. Oh, is that... But if it's Austin, is it really Texas? Mm. <laughs> this, is a Wait, good, so is, this is a good so question. So Texas is a different country. Is Austin a different country within the country, or is Austin uh, just a part of the or is United it like, States? Or is it like the Vatican? No, we've I'm, gone too far. We've gone okay. too far. Uh, no, well, we haven't gone that far. You just went to Austin. It's like a <laughs> three-hour flight. Uh, yeah, there thereabouts. Uh, so my my brother and I took a little, little trek down to Austin to go uh, visit our sister and to go to Austin City Limits, which is a big old music festival that happens every year across two weekends. Ah, yeah, it is. And uh, I mean, I've never been to a music festival. Kevin, if you, I assume you haven't been. Oh, I went to a couple of Ozfests back in my middle school. Yeah, really? Yeah, metal. Um, Man, that is where. Where did they even have those? They have those at Merriweather. Uh, I, I went to Pittsburgh for it. To, I went oh. with my cousin, but they had them at. Uh, well, what was it called before Jiffy Lube Live? What was it called before that? Uh, Nissan Pavilion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, That's which exciting. Is more, which is more suited, unfortunately, to uh, tailgating by underaged people as they drink before con- country concerts, which causes a lot of problems, as you might imagine. But oh, does uh, it now? I, I, I would assume that in Texas, specifically in in Austin, it is much more wholesome experience. No, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Uh, um, well, oh, we forgot to ask Max. Max, have you ever been to a music festival? Not a significant one. No. <laughs> Curious, <laughs> but anyway. Anyways, <laughs> I mean, so. I think generally I'm, I'm very curious, Sean, because I have reservations about going to music festivals mm-hmm. and for reasons that I think we've discussed before. And, and this is your And I have them too. Yeah, and this is your opportunity, I think, to sway me otherwise. Well, okay. So I think we have a lot of the same reservations. Um, while the- So while theoretically you are getting a huge discount with a music festival ticket uh, as opposed to paying to see all of those artists in an individual concert you're not really getting full concerts from any of those bands they're playing for maybe like an hour um it takes it's a long it's a long process so you're out you know you're out outside for a physically long time a lot of it you'll be standing up and walking around Mm -hmm. um typically uh food and drink in these situations uh, are, are not really known for uh, being economical. Um, 
so those are all valid concerns and I, I share all of them with you. Um, despite that, I encountered relatively few of these, uh, on my, my trip to ACL. Um, we, we had a, a, a tremendous hookup, uh, for which I am very grateful. Uh, and we, we were guests of the events company that puts on Austin city limits. Oh, so we had access to, um, we had access to kind of like a, a VIP, a quote unquote VIP guest area that, uh, that offered, um, some, some free drinks, uh, the, the nicest portable bathroom I've ever seen in my entire life. Note that I said portable <laughs> bathroom and not yeah. like porta potty. It was a legit portable, like public bathroom. Yeah. Um, and, uh, even some, some free food and, and some, some places to sit down. So, uh, was living a pretty, pretty swank festival life, uh, as it were. So I, I would say that, uh, honestly, I've kind of far from trying to sway you. I think I've I've swayed myself into that. I don't know if I can ever go to another music festival unless I have that level of accommodation. Yeah, I mean, it's so. But it was I a think, great time. It yeah, really was. It was I, a lot of fun. So, uh, I think that it, as far as the music, that that's kind of the first thing I want to get to and. And Kevin, you might even be able to speak to this because you you've been to some festivals before, or you've been to Ozfest, which you know I only know so much about it. But so, not this past summer, but the summer before, I went and saw at Merriweather uh, a couple different bands. XX was there, um, and and then Spoon, who was also an opener for Bell and Sebastian. And one of my frustrations with that, and it's kind of a silly frustration, but I think you probably got it at these festivals too, which is Spoon is not the headliner, so it's not like Spoon can do an encore, and it's not like Spoon can play for an hour. And I was ultimately there for Spoon. I really appreciated Bell and Sebastian. I recommend people go see them. But when you have these circumstances of these festivals with these time slots and when you are not the headliner and you've got this cornucopia of people who may or may not be there for you – unlike these smaller venues where you're not getting a discount uh i just i'm concerned about the the freedom of their performance and you know it might not be a typical performance i know you saw saint vincent you. i know you saw saint vincent who i've seen twice in the last year and i have a sense of how how her sets were and i would be i really enjoyed the the freedom that she had so uh, uh, kudos to you for, for being a noble man who's worried about the artists. Um, I, I think if any of them were worried about that at all, they would say, I'm not doing festivals, uh, but they're all doing festivals, so they don't care. Uh, and, and I would also say that these things are scheduled r- actually really well for the most part. So it's not something, you know, they're not playing encores because St. Vincent's not playing a, a two-hour set. She's got an hour. But there's not something coming right behind her on the same stage. So it's not like she's being hurried off. You just, you you do your time. You play the time that you get. And, and that's fine. And, and I don't think it takes away 
I, I really I don't think it takes away from the experience. I actually found that uh, kind of hour to hour and a half chunks was really good for the festival setting because it gave me a chance to kind of stretch my legs and walk around a little bit. Um, but I also, I also I did not see St. Vincent in the context of Austin City Limits at the venue where Austin City Limits takes place, which is in Zilker Park in Austin. Yeah. Um, oh, was she at Stubbs? She was at Stubbs. Um, Austin City Limits has a series of sanctioned kind of festival-associated late-night concerts after Mm -hmm. all of the bands for the night are done. So the first night... So my brother and I got into Austin at probably 6.15 or so on on Friday afternoon. So we we were just able to get to the place we were staying to drop our stuff and then to go actually get our wristbands and get into the festival in time for the headliner of the night, Paul McCartney. Uh, I can't... I thought he was dead. <laughs> Maybe he is. Who knows? Uh, no, he, he's not dead. And in fact, he is far from it. He looks great for being 76 years old. He sings really well still which is the thing that I was the most surprised about. Um, he's got this incredible band. He's great guitar players. He's got a really good drummer. Um, and played a bunch of Beatles songs. It was so much fun. Like a- Anyone who gets a chance to see a living Beatle perform music, uh, and really, I mean, Paul, you can probably skip Ringo, uh, go see him. It is worth it every penny i remember max when we were in college and i was wavering over whether to go to bruce springsteen like that was worth every penny and more Mm -hmm. and like paul mccartney will be that for you um yeah i can vouch for 76 year old white men who can still sing uh, and also here here's a thing you might not know uh if you haven't had a chance to see him perform live paul mccartney is a dork he was making these weird, like, dorky dad poses, like, for cameras between songs. Like, he'd finish a song and do, like, a little karate chop at the, you know, out at the crowd. It just, it was so silly. And it's like, it was a lot of fun. And then after that, we packed up all our stuff and, and headed to Stubbs to see St. Vincent, who I think is our foremost American rock star in 2018. Um,. Uh- just was incredible yeah i mean i don't i don't have a a a pushback to that i mean i i think in the last 18 months i've kind of discovered her and and uh you know i there was a week where i saw her and bonnie Vare in the, the same week and just it made me realize like the differences in these people and what a rock star is and i think that one thing that's fortunate you mentioned paul mccartney and you mentioned saint vincent and you saw them on these large stages i think at at this point in time i mean glastonbury sold out and i think 30 some minutes the other day Mm -hmm. um with without a without a list of who was even going to be there people just bought the tickets that's amazing Uh, yeah so these are kind of the foremost places to define what rock stars are it's it's different i mean you're still a rock star to an extent if you play in 
uh, Madison Square Garden. But as Max can attest to, they also do esports in Madison Square Garden. So, you know, maybe maybe music festivals are the place you decide if you're a rock star or not. And and so th- that's that's one thing that I'm definitely not used to. I mean, Kevin. Uh, you have a sense of rock stars to a bit, and I think Sean does now too, um, which is this is a different venue. This is a different mindset that maybe I'm not as familiar with and maybe should embrace. But, Kevin, you've seen Metallica. Sean, you have now seen Metallica. I have. These, these are rock stars. And this is something that I – an experience that I am not familiar with. I mean, I saw St. Vincent in – I saw them at the Anthem, which feels really big, but – it is no, uh, it is no outside in Austin situation. Okay, so yeah. let me let me. I'm I'm glad you brought up Metallica and uh, and, and sound because I want to talk about a, a, a dichotomy that I experienced on Saturday. On Saturday, I saw some bands that were really great. Japanese Breakfast and Blood Orange both put on phenomenal shows. Blood Orange, like, oh, Dev Hines is a really, really talented musician. Um, Go listen to Negro Swan. It's very good. Yes. Uh, but what I want to talk about is I experienced a band that I I think is fine on recordings, but I, I actually don't necessarily think sounds very good. Uh, and, and one that I think sounds really great on recordings, um, but but their sound didn't quite catch me in that live setting. Churches was fucking fantastic live. There, I, I was talking about this with my brother. Um, after the show and and he he said something that i thought made a lot of sense which is that with kind of the range that the the synths that they play are in and their singer's voice are they sit in kind of the same frequency range so they really kind of fight with each other on a recording um in this live setting they were much more sort of bass focused they were much louder and more distorted and more aggressive and Lauren Mayberry was just kind of dancing around the stage like a a, a wild person, and, and it was so good. They were really, I, I, and I didn't, I didn't expect that much. Um, I hadn't heard their new album, um, but I had heard that it got pretty mixed reviews. People weren't super jazzed about it, uh, and I heard them live, and I was blown away. They were awesome. Um, on the other hand, um, I don't. I, I only stayed for about half an hour of of Metallica, but I, I was a little disappointed. They are they are really they're really really good at their instruments. They are really really good at playing loud, fast, heavy metal, but. We, we were really far back from the stage and like the focused tight fast guitar playing like it doesn't translate all that well to being in the you know 117th row uh, in my yeah. experience yeah so um, I'll, I'll i'll step in a bit 
it here. Uh, so, two two parts of that that make me think of. First off, Metallica was old, and so they are. That is true. That, that's part of it. So you know they, you know they have to play these very high energy songs, and that's kind of what they build their, you know that's that's you know that's what the bill is. Is it's high energy music, and it's you know tougher when you're older. But also, that's one thing that also kind of scares me off with with festivals is that it it dilutes the audience and i think a lot of enjoyment i get out of concerts is going and like having people who are just as obsessed with this band as i am going mm-hmm. and just freaking out when they play music mm-hmm. and so it's like oh metallica's playing but like i'm not going to get everyone else in the building just like stoked for metallica and it doesn't matter how much they suck because we're all just obsessed with this band uh yeah so that makes sense uh so that's one thing with with festivals that uh has I'm kind of I I prefer one-off shows, but then at the same time, if you get some other other bands that you're in, mildly interested in, and you wouldn't go, you know, make a trip just for that. It's so, nice to get those. And I think that's a great point, Kevin, because I also enjoy going to the the more uh, I don't know specialized show or traditional show where it is one person performing. They might have an opener or two, um, as opposed to this where. It, you know, you got five people in a row that that could have just these rabid fans, and you know, there's some exchange, or you are a person that's like, I'm into all of these, fine, but I might not be completely into one. And there's something to be said about people that are too into bands. Uh, you know, I just went and saw Future Islands, and the very end of the show was kind of tainted, and uh, hopefully, I'll forget about it. But you know, that guy came and like jammed in there in front of us and just did a selfie singing on the whole time. It's like, I didn't come here to hear you sing, you twat. So, um, I think it's twat actually. So anyways, you jerk. Um, and, and so I, I think, you know, Sean, you mentioned the, the multiple stages and the sanctioned ones. And I think of South by Southwest and I haven't been, uh, but I understand that it is more, you know, fader. The fader has a stage, and this place has a stage, and everything. And so that's still a festival, but you have multiple stages that are, are spread out. I mean, did you do you feel like the satur or the not saturation, but the the kind of uh, not having those rabid fans it had an effect? So let me let me answer that by kind of redirecting and, and saying that I on Sunday experienced a show uh, as part of this festival where everyone everyone that was participating in this particular event was locked in and was totally into it um, and it was not Parquet Courts who who I saw on Sunday and, and really enjoyed they put on a great show the, the new stuff sounds really good live um, it's a band called Krungbin, uh, who I'm going to use for the music for this week. Uh, Krungbin is a three-piece band from Houston who are really influenced by like Thai and Middle Eastern funk records. And I have never seen a denser concentration of white people sway dancing. I think it's a smaller version of what you guys saw at the fish concert. Uh, everyone was totally hypnotized. Um, I, I mentioned that 
that St. Vincent is our foremost rock star. Um, I, I left that tent uh, firmly convinced that, uh, that Krungbin is, is likely the, uh, the best band we have. <laughs> just like the best <laughs> at performing music. Um, it's just a, a guitar player, a bassist, and a drummer. And yet they are incredibly groovy and funky. Uh, they found uh, they they have a, a sort of medley that they do, where they do kind of instrumental versions of like '90s and early 2000s hip hop and R&B songs, including "Return of the Mac," and like it was a good day by Ice Cube, and it was awesome. Um, if you give that band a horn section, they will take over the world. Um, so so that was. That was a really neat experience, and I think that's something that happens a lot at these festivals. You you mentioned the the spread out and kind of the dilution of the fan base, and I think that happens more on like the headliner stages, where it's just mm-hmm. you know they're putting the main bands of a day there, and there's more people, so inevitably you get people that are are kind of not super fans, but at these smaller stages and tents earlier in days like not into the nighttime headliners i think you actually still get really concentrated doses of people that are are really into these bands because they're making a point to go see them um they're they're staggered well so that no one is like being hustled off a stage for someone to come right after them on that stage but there's always multiple things going on uh basically until headliner time so like you're making choices and so you're going to choose the thing that you're the most interested in seeing and, and it was it was really neat to see how invested people were in Krungbin um and then we closed we closed the weekend Sunday night uh by seeing Arctic Monkeys Arctic mm-hmm. Monkeys um uh, put out a new album this year that's very different from everything else they've recorded before it's much sort of jazzier and mellower and, and, and loungier. And so I was a little concerned. Um, I had read uh, the, the piece that Ian wrote about their song One Point Perspective for the site. Um, but they they put on a great show. It's a they're just another I feel like a broken record. But like they're just a really good band. Uh, yeah. They have us. I forgot this until I was talking about their albums with my my siblings they've been at this for a really long time their first album came out in 2006 um it it has been that long and just about everything they've done has been at least pretty good um and, and when they they close the show with uh i bet you look good on the dance floor and are you mine it's like everyone went nuts they they're those guys are good at playing instruments. Alex Turner is like a really good rock band frontman. Um it was like it was a really great way to end the week. So and I think you you kind of got to a, a thing which um 
I appreciate as as I go to these different concerts. I'm like, well, you know, I'm I'm going by myself. I might as well get there early and and have a listen to something. Max, did you end up going to the that concert a couple weeks back nearby you uh, that we recommended to you? I did not. No. Okay. Well, I was going to include you on this and say I was... that that what it is is the nice thing about this is is kind of the captive audience factor, which is I'm here anyways. I might as well take take a chance on it. And what you're describing, Sean, in some ways, this this chrome bin is that what it's called? They're called chrome bin. Okay. Cr- in, in any case. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's the you know it's the it's the why not factor, and I think that that yes. can be really rewarding when you don't have any expectations, and all of a sudden you're like, excuse me, this is this is really cool. I mean, Kevin, you saw Coed in Cambria last year, which you know, speaking of people that have been making music since 2006, um, you know, is were you there early enough for the opener, and were you like, oh, this is kind of fun? Uh, I don't think i was that no that show actually i don't think there was an opener oh. but with openers in general i i kind of i don't have a one-size-fits-all solution it depends on just how how uh busy i am that day, and you know yeah how stressful it is to get to the venue but kind of again i don't mean i mean i'm just again playing devil's advocate a bit with the the music festival one thing that i'll totally admit can be is a completely internal issue and i could uh, I don't lose anything by going the other way, but when I if I'm at like a music festival all day, kind of like halfway through the day, I might start to get a little tired, and I'm like, well, I'm here, so I should like go try uh. out these bands that are like playing. But really, I'd probably feel better if I just kind of like you know went and rested for. I mean, I know how pe- I know how people and keep so, going at places like Electric Daisy Carnival and, and oh, Burning Man. Yes, yeah, so I guess I guess there are, I guess I didn't explore those avenues, but I just I don't like the 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 angst that comes with like oh do i do i go see this band that i may or may not like versus like oh maybe i should just you know go get some food and sit and chill so what we did we i mean these these festivals are running from like 11 until 10 every day uh we did not go before 3 p.m we used the late morning and early afternoon to do some exploring around Austin. And I think that's something that you have exclusive access to. Like, you can't do that if you go to something like Bonnaroo, where you're yeah. camped out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But if you're going I... to something in a city, like, I would recommend, don't like, don't stress yourself out about going to 11 hours of music because you're going to get burned out. You're going to have a shitty time. But you can spend chunks of that walking around Austin and going to bookstores and record stores or going and and waiting in line for an hour and a half to get transcendently good barbecue which my brother and i did on sunday um so it's like you know i I think that that's one of the neat things about festivals in cities is that you have the option to spend some of your time exploring the city instead of just being at the festival the whole time yeah and I, i think ultimately that that's the question that i want to ask of you sean and and you sent you sent me a picture of the official book of It's Pretty Okay podcast uh, in in the, the environs of, of Austin. Um, yes. But how much how much do you think your positive feeling about the 
festival experience has to do with the fact that you are in close proximity to a city and a cool one at that is my understanding oh a huge a huge amount if i was sleeping in a tent or in a car and spending you know 18 hours a day in the music festival instead of six or seven i would have had a terrible time i'm never going to bonnaroo or coachella i know that i have no problem with that at all uh, it, it does make me wonder how something like, and, and maybe Max, you have insight to this, given your proclivities, but something like Ultra Music Festival, which is in in Miami, but <laughs> yes, like, but like, I think people are doing the music for twenty hours a day, amongst uh, other things that least, they're doing. They're doing the Molly for twenty hours a day. Yeah, they're it's sweating. A different... Yeah, I, I actually just had a discussion with someone who has his. Uh, Berlin is famous for for some it, of their clubs. It sounds like, like a lot of fun. Yeah, if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that almost be, might be more like you know that's it's very concentrated and it's all maybe this is unfair, but it, it's under a similar umbrella. Maybe the umbrella is bigger than I give it credit yeah. for, but at least there's I think more diversity in some of these music festivals and. You know, you can kind of tune out for a little bit, like like Sean described, and, and go to go do some go do some stuff out, outside. T- totally, I I do think there is also value, as Kevin pointed out, in people being really into like one specific thing. So I yeah. think you're on you're kind of comparing apples to oranges there. Like like Ultra might seem like a very broad spectrum show, but I don't know that it necessarily is. And you're getting people there that are so dedicated to one specific type of music that you just get. You get energy off of other people, and as someone, I, I haven't been to necessarily a music festival, but I've been to concerts where the concert itself might not have been very good, but because I was surrounded by people who loved the music, it it, it actually made it worth going to. So, I don't know. The environment definitely plays. Yeah, I, I realize in saying this that this might be a conversation for a different time, but I like when people are really into the music, but I dislike people when people are so into it that they start singing oh, it's oh, like the guy that got in front of you at future island sounds like someone i would punch in the face <laughs> i'm I, I i'm surprised i don't you didn't, do that very I'm, often i'm surprised you didn't get a snapchat Forever. out of it uh, i yeah from whom uh, f- from robert i mean uh, i think i think the big thing is like you know go with the flow of traffic you know like, don't listen go, don't be too we, into it we, don't we be, all uh, know about i mean i almost the punched the woman in the face that sang along to the sound of yes. silence so you know it's almost like <laughs> lady it's the sound of silence not the sound of you <laughs> singing to this song garfunkel didn't, didn't die for this garfunkel's he, not dead he's effectively yeah, she didn't dead. really understand already's not here yeah she, she oh didn't want to play so all right yet. i think we've maybe just about <laughs> exhausted our so our topics so for this sh- should i so sean you know you had the same reservations i did i Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like I need to open up my mind a little bit, and and maybe we all need to do that and go to one of these. But is it that you got to pick the right the the right place for your first time, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't exactly my first time. I mean, I'm I'm from New Orleans. I have a history of going to Jazz Fest. Um, so so I'm I'm f- at least surface level familiar with music festivals. It's not like a it's not a huge one, but it's you know, it's a reasonably significant event. Uh, but yes, I, I think that I think that if you have the opportunity, if you want to dip your toe into that water, I think doing it at a festival like ACL or Jazz Fest as opposed to something like Bonnaroo, like 
that's a really big commitment to make and you I think you kind of have to really have a, a specific mindset about how you want to do something like that. So um, are you separating those because they're in a city, or I, how do you, how why are you drawing the line there? I'm just curious as someone who's also like uh, I like music, but a festival kind of intimidates me. So I, I get that. I think there's a it's like a marathon versus ultra marathon thing. Like they're yeah. both. They are both kind of intimidating, but one of them you have an out in that you're you can't camp at the festival, so you have to right. like you've got to be staying somewhere in the general New Orleans area, and you go do mm. things outside of the context of the festival. Uh, something like Bonnaroo, you are jumping. There's no dipping your toe into Bonnaroo. You dive in or you don't go. No so, half measures. Exactly. Don't half-ass two things. Whole ass one thing. Uh. Um. But yes, I would I would recommend Austin City Limits. It it's it, it's a really it's a good time in a neat place. Um so go go do neat things in neat places. Like that's not that's not hard. So question is is Warped Tour still a thing? Uh I think they retired no. this year. Actually. As of as of la- last year or this year? This wow. year. It lasted that long? This year they did their yeah. last like full multi-city warp tour. Yes. Has I, it has it been the same thing this whole time? Like I just know like it was the the like middle school rock band thing. I mean, I think they've did just they... been trotting the same 27 bands out for 10 years. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you can't go to that unfortunately. I'm but... not going to pour one out for warp tour. I don't think I am either. Um but but I will I, respect. I will say Go go to Austin City Limits. Go visit Austin, Texas. It's a cool place with cool stuff going on. And uh, if you have a chance to see Paul McCartney, St. Vincent, Japanese Breakfast, Blood Orange, Churches, uh, Parquet Courts, Krungbin, Janelle Monet, or Arctic Monkeys Live, do that shit. Or if you have access to a time machine, maybe go back to the early 90s and see Metallica or late 80s. <laughs> That, yes, that works too. That's a perfect note to go out on. Um, if you have thoughts on music festivals or using time machines to see Metallica as opposed to any of the other things you could use a time machine for, uh, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty OK Pod and let us know what you think. Okay, now that we've kind of let me cook and ramble for a long time about a music festival, uh, it, it's time to let our resident rambler... Uh, Clear his soul, clear his conscience. Uh, it's Pierce Asari. What are you apologizing was, for this week? I man? was born a rambling man. Uh, so, Max, are you familiar with Sudbury or Sudbury, Massachusetts? I'm familiar with Sudbury, Massachusetts. Yes. Is it is it near you? Um. Well, and everything. You, everything is. is near. Okay. Um. Do you now? I haven't verified it yet, but do you know who the most famous person from Sudbury, Massachusetts is? No. Okay. Well, if I said that this person was apparently worth a net worth of $60 million, like, do you think that they're pretty high up there on the Sudbury uh, uh, rating, the, the, the list? Eh, probably in the top five. Probably top five. Okay. Well, so it just so happens that I encountered one of these people at a crosswalk um, in Georgetown not that long ago. Um, and, and you weren't with me, but you were with me later that day, Max. And in the Was spir- it the Moomoo? No, but close. So in the spirit of this music festival and and white people swaying and everything else, um, I am reflecting on it. Sean was actually there. (laughs) 
<laughs> we stood in a crosswalk next to one Mike Gordon, who is the bass player for Fish. And, as Sean knows, I recognized him and didn't say hello. And, you know, it's not often that you're by veritable rock stars. And all you gotta say is, like, hey, dude, you know, I'll see you later. I'm very excited. And I I failed to do that because, you know, I I shrank and, and wasn't you know, a, a brave soul, which is part of the reason we do this every week, or I do it every week, is like to remind myself you should be a braver soul. And I don't know, I just I just feel like in the presence of these people that do good things that you appreciate a lot, it's pretty easy to say thank you. And here I am, never saying thank you, because I'm nervous for goodness knows what reason. Now, part of it here was I'm like, that can't be Mike Gordon. Why would he come to Georgetown if he's going to Merriweather later in the day? But you know, why were you we... in Georgetown if you were going to Merriweather <laughs> later in the day? Uh, I think because we wanted to go to the Amazon bookstore. I think that's part of it, which is very kind of. I, I, I don't I, know. Um, I, I want to be clear. I did not recognize Mike Gordon at all because I had I have I don't even know what Mike Gordon looks like. I didn't see him. You mean he looks like a dude? That's part of the problem. He's in the he, crosswalk right next to you, man. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> right I next mean, to Chris Evans, another Sudbury star. That's oh, really? True. Uh, well, yeah. then he's at least number two. Oh. Uh, but he, I think he still comfortably uh, earned more than Eddie House. <laughs> oh, is Eddie House from Massachusetts? No, but Eddie House played for the Celtics for three, four years. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I don't know that he. I mean, yeah. It, but... it seems that he lived in Sudbury when he played for the Boston Celtics. Okay. Uh, okay, as so did, as Shaq. did Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> yeah, uh, doesn't mean anything. And, uh, for one off season, Babe Ruth. And it's uh, the Evans brothers, really. And Henry Ford for for a hot minute in the twenties and thirties, and uh, Dennis Eckersley. The Eck. Okay, yeah, well, we we've spent too much time on Sunday. a lot of people. A lot of those people are bums with, with not shit. real skills. Let, show me a bass player, <laughs> then we'll talk. Woo. There are a lot of basketball players out there. I play basketball every Tuesday. You know, I am oh a basketball player, God. but oh you know, God. I don't play the bass. Right. Okay, but yeah. On I mean, that note, just, I'm gonna cut. Just, I'm cutting you off. That's too much. Right. Just just <laughs> say hello to just say hello to the people that you know matter and are you know pleasure are, are good for you because. You might not have another opportunity. I'm never going to see Mike. What if it's like a porn star? Well, that's, do it. That's I, I, it. Would be weird to recognize those people. I, I right, disagree. That's, that's part of the question. I I, I don't know that those people exist. We're in the moving world. on. I'm sure they do, but this we're, is we're moving on. Um, to to close out the show with a big idea from pop culture, and we were talking about basketball a little bit in the last segment, um, oh, no. and this will stay connected to uh, to basketball, but. But first, uh, I'm going to ask: uh, Does does anybody know uh, offhand what uh, Champion Bloodline dog semen is worth? This is not a vegan <laughs> segment. I feel like we should let people know so that their the trigger warning is engaged. Um, well, I know that now uh, because I know how much people pay for the, the stupid labradoodles. So I'm going to say much money. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh anyway, uh so Udonis Haslam 
played for the Miami Heat for a long time. Uh, did you know he is still an active member of the Miami Heat roster? Well, you can't get rid of him. He would fight you, and you would lose. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, uh, in in May, uh, his dog, uh, Juice, a a, a a cane corso, whatever that is, uh, from a quote-unquote champion bloodline uh, swallowed a rope and had to go to the vet. Uh, the uh, the vet who treated Juice for this swallowed rope uh, removed the rope and castrated Juice. What? Now, that is a thing that uh, typically happens when you have a, a, a dog, like a house dog. Uh, but Juice was not a show dog. Uh, Juice was not a house dog. Juice was a show dog. Uh, and and Udonis Haslam has sued that uh, that veterinarian and the animal hospital um, because he had trained Juice to be a guard dog uh, and said that uh, now that he has been fixed, he is too chilled out to be a guard dog. Uh, and also uh, suing because he was planning to uh to breed uh breed juice out um and then uh sell the puppies so apparently i have now learned um a semen sample from a typical cane corso breeding male sells for two thousand five hundred dollars uh but comparatively a semen sample from a champion bloodline cane corso breeding male uh, ranges anywhere from three thousand five hundred dollars to ten thousand uh, dollars. So I'm doing produce... a little research as we. Cane Corso is Italian. Cane it's basically Corso. an Italian mastiff, Fair and they're pretty good-looking dogs. I mean, very handsome. Very uh, handsome. Cane Corso puppies, of which there are eight to twelve in a typical litter, sell for two thousand five hundred dollars, uh, but each. Connie Corso puppy from a champion bloodline sells for $3,500 to $5,000. So he's suing, alleging that uh, he has lost a lot of money. Uh, And and also, also says, because this whole lawsuit is posted on the internet, uh, the castration of juice would constitute the tort of battery if it had been performed on a human. Ah, well, you know, he might want to get Peta on his side. I, bet I mean, not with that. But, I mean, he's he's got a strong case too. Like, if there's any doubt that he meant to breed it, like he named the dog Juice. So it's like, <laughs> you know, like, what else is he planning on doing with this guy? I mean, yeah. we're talking about, you know, what what could potentially, if we assume that Juice is really the cream of the crop and is cranking out twelve puppy litters. I mean, that could be sixty grand each time out. Like that is a lot of lost money, considering that, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, for a typical Connie Corso breeding male, semen is collected for five to seven years of the dog's life, and some breeders place the sperm in cryobanks for future breedings when the dog passes. So that is potentially a really long-term stream of income that Udonis Haslam has now lost. I think he might well, win that lawsuit. 
Well, here's, he's going to be making NBA salaries until he mm, dies. Well, so, yeah. yeah. So here's here's my concern, though. Udonis Haslam, someone who went to the University of Florida and uh, you know was a, a student athlete nominally. Uh, you know how how much money is Juice going to get out of this? Is only his owner going to make money out of this? I think that some you know there should be some fairness in this. I, I know, will say so. again, Juice is a dog. Ju- juice is a dog. Well, we're all dogs at some point when people are making money on top of us. Okay? I bet Juice lives better than all of us. That's that is the most truthful part of this podcast so far. Yeah, Juice definitely lives a better life than all three of us, four of us. Good point. I don't know. Juice ate a rope and then had to get surgery, so I don't know. I mean, I think that part of Juice's life was probably pretty terrible. But like the day to day, it's been a minute since I ate a ate a rope. The day-to-day? I don't know. Could be pretty neat. Anyways, uh, all I'd say in this is is adopt dogs because there are a lot of dogs that need homes and there are a lot of people that can give love to dogs out there. Um, as opposed to getting these very awkward situations with your Italian Mastiff in a veterinarian. Yeah, that that's a good way to take it because we spent way too long talking about dog semen. Uh, so thank you for, for wrapping us up. Uh, and on that note, that is the end of the podcast. You can find us at... Uh, pretty okay pod on facebook or twitter or at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com you can subscribe to this feed so you'll never miss an episode they show up every tuesday without you having to go looking for us we are on apple podcasts and now we're on spotify guys kevin we're on spotify did you hear that it's have you heard the good news i don't have spotify what What? do you use apple music amazon (laughs) <laughs> no. Did you also have a Zoom? <laughs> no, I did not. All right, no, I have a good reason for did this. Did I mail you music you every Zoom? day? <laughs> you get it the same day delivery? <laughs> yes. Or is it one day? Uh, uh, okay. It's the only one that gets through my little work filter. Whatever All right, is. that's fair. Um, anyway, uh, if you subscribe to the feed, please do us a favor. Uh, leave us a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or uh, tell a friend about the show. We'll be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Uh, Thanks to Kevin for joining us this week. Yep. Uh, Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Bye.